so good to see you this morning, man. I'm very blessed to, to have you here, and I hope that you're equally blessed to be here. Amen. So, um, no, but I'm looking forward to the word that God gave me this morning. I, I'm, I'm so excited because today we're launching back into a series that we are continuing to title Faith. Come on, someone shout Faith. Faith. <clears throat> We're going back into this. See, we had just came out of a series titled Raising Warriors, but before that series, we were in another series titled Faith, and that was a 14-week series. But because faith is such an important part of our walk with Jesus, I felt like the Lord wanted us to continue to explore it, continue to study it, continue to talk about it, because the truth of it is, is this, man, we could... We could go another 14 weeks, shoot, we could go another 14 years studying faith and not even scratch the surface of faith. Not even scratch the surface of it. And, and, and here's why. See, Romans chapter one says it this way. The righteousness of God is revealed to us from faith to faith. Simply meaning faith is something that will need continual revelation in our life. See, the faith that we have today, right, should be growing our faith for tomorrow, should be growing our faith for next week, should be growing our faith for next 
year. Our faith should continue to grow. Because listen, the, 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 the longer we serve Jesus, the closer we should be getting to Jesus. And the closer we get to Jesus, our faith should be increasing in who Jesus is. It's just that simple. Amen. Amen. It should be growing larger and larger. It should be getting deeper and deeper. We should be receiving revelation upon revelation when it comes to our faith in the one that we serve. You know, it's funny. I think about this. I think about how there are things that I have faith for today that I would not have had the faith for a few years ago. I wouldn't have had the faith for it. My faith today in who Jesus is and what Jesus can do is greater than my faith a few years ago, which, by the way, is the reason God didn't tell us to launch Tyrone Christian Academy a few years ago, Uh, because my faith, right, our faith as a body wasn't in the place um, it needed to be at that time. See, God needed to take us from faith to faith in order to believe him for something so great, so big, bigger than any one of us, and we've got to trust a God to do it for us, amen, and through us. So so faith is something that will have continuation, have a continuation of revelation as we get closer and closer to Jesus. And, And here's the thing about faith. Faith is not something that God says is optional. He doesn't say it's optional. He he isn't like, well, guys, listen, uh, faith is something nice to demonstrate uh, when you're feeling like demonstrating it. No, no, no. God says it's a requirement. Faith is a requirement. You and I are required to walk by faith, not by sight. We're required to do that. Matter of fact, God says it plainly in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. When it, when it says this, that without faith, it's impossible. Someone shout impossible. It's impossible to please God. It, it's not just difficult to please him. It's not only tough to please him. No, no, it's impossible for you and I to please God without faith. If, if, we, don't, if we don't have faith, there's, there's no way that we as people can please a holy and perfect and righteous God. Jesus says it this way. He says the only type of saving faith is faith that endures to the end. And, and look, faith isn't just something that we talk about. It isn't just something that we say. Faith is something that you and I are to live which is why the Bible says that we are to walk by faith. Walking takes action. It takes movement. Walking is advancing. It's growing. It's moving in a direction. See, see we're to walk by faith. We're to be advancing in our faith, moving in our faith, and, and not by sight, which, by the way, is where the problem lies for a lot of us a lot of the time. Because like we are so worried about advancing in this life 
We're so concerned and focused on increasing in this life, increasing our bank accounts, increasing our our social status, increasing um, our portfolios, advancing in our careers. This is walking by sight. This is what we're focused on. And, And because we're so focused on it, we spend all of our time trying to achieve those things and spend very little time going after the one we can't see. We spend little to no time in the, in the word of God. We spend little to no time on our knees before God, which, which clearly tells us that we're not walking by faith. We're walking by sight. That's what, it, that's what it tells us. And see, I actually think a lot of people have, have faith wrong. They, they, they think that as long as they just say they believe in Jesus, like if, like if I say I believe in Jesus, I have faith in Jesus, which is actually just not true because that's not what the Bible teaches us. Again, the Bible says we are to walk by faith. It's an action, it's not just words. The book of James says it this way, faith without works is dead. It's dead. In other words, don't just talk about it, be about it. Come on, tell your neighbor, say don't just talk about it, be about it. Tell them, encourage them. And it's a requirement. The apostle Paul says it, says it this way. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. A simpler way to put that would be this way. Work out your faith by fully living for God, by displaying or walking out your devotion to him daily. This is why Jesus says, every single day, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Work out your own salvation, work out your own faith by being fully devoted to him. See, see faith takes Action. Faith is more of an action than it is talk. And faith is a, it's a requirement. See, see, we're to be a people of faith if we want to be a people who please God. It's just that simple. We've got to be a people of faith. You and I have to be a people of faith if we desire to spend eternity with God. Because hear me, without faith, we will be cut off from God. This is what the Bible teaches us. Without faith, we'll be cut off from God. Matter of fact, Jesus says it as plainly as anybody could ever say it. He says, those who don't put their faith in me, they will be cast out into the lake of fire where the worm never stops eating and the fire never stops burning. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever and ever. This is what he's saying. He's talking about us being cut off. Without faith, we are cut off from God. That's how high the stakes are for you and I as people. I don't know about you. That sounds like a really scary place that I do not want to visit. That's how high the stakes are. And not that I'm trying to scare you into submission. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. It's not, that's not the point. But, but understanding what's at stake is very important for you to recognize it and realize it. See, faith Faith is a must, church. And we must desire to increase in our faith. We we must desire to advance in our faith, to be a people who are mature in our faith. And you know, the the Bible says this, that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. 
Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So if we aren't spending any time in the word of God, we aren't advancing in our faith. We're not advancing in our faith. It's literally that clear and that simple. If you and I want to grow in our faith in who Jesus is and what God desires for our life and for the, the Holy Spirit to fill us in incredible ways, then we got to spend ample amount of time in the word of God. We have to. We have to. You know what I find so true about life is, is this. You and I have such a hard time seeing the supernatural miracles of God even when they're right in front of our face. We have such a hard time seeing it and recognizing it. Why? Because we have a, a perspective that is, that is very limited, very limited. And, and here's the thing that I've, I've, I've found out in, in my life. The only way you and I will see the supernatural things of God take place is if we believe first before it takes place. Hear me. The only way you and I will see the supernatural miracles of God take place if we believe before it takes place. Which, by the way, is, is what Paul says. This is how he would say it. He would say, he would say this. He would say, the message of the gospel is foolishness to the world. But to those who are being saved by it, it's the very power of God that leads us to salvation. This is what he says. In other words, he's simply trying to get across this, this point. For us who believe first, even though we haven't seen the fullness of it yet, one day we will see it, by the way. One day Jesus will come for his church, one without bride, yeah, his bride, one without spot blemish. We'll see it one day, but we haven't seen the fullness, but we believe it first. And so, man, we're, we're gonna see it later. And for us who believe it first, man, we... We, we, we were walking in the supernatural miracle of salvation. And we believe it simply because God said it. And this is how we're being, we're being saved by it. But for those who, who won't believe it first, who won't put their trust in Jesus before they see, before they see Jesus, they won't receive the miracle of salvation. They won't. They won't walk in this supernatural miracle of salvation. You know, I heard a pastor one time explain faith this way, and, and I loved how, he, how he, he said it. He said, faith is believing something is so, even though it's not so, so that it will become so, simply because God said so. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. It's not like you can just make something in your mind and make it happen. Hear me. Like, oh, I'm thinking Lamborghini, yes. No, like, that's not... I don't care how much faith you got. That ain't going to happen because God never promised you a Lamborghini. I don't, at least I don't think. Maybe. If he did, claim it. I don't know. Believe it. Receive it. I don't know. So it's not like we're, we're saying something crazy like, oh, well, just think of something and you can have that. No, 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 no. It's believing something is so, even though it isn't so, so it will become so simply because, and here's the important part, God said so. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So again, if you need a healing, you can pray and believe for your healing because God said so. That's why. Because God said so. Not because you have some miracle power to heal. No, no, no. Because the word of God declares it 
over our lives. You know, faith is acting like we believe what God says. Hear me, that's what faith is. It's just that simple. Faith is living like God is telling us the truth. It's that simple. See, see, see let, me, let me say it this way. Faith is the vehicle that God uses to take us from the natural to the supernatural. That's what it is. Faith is the vehicle that God uses to take us, a fleshly broken people, from the natural into the supernatural. Let me, let me try to explain it to you this way. God desires for us as a people to walk in the supernatural. I'm telling you, he desires it. Meaning, meaning he desires for us to live in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the miracle working power of Jesus Christ every single day. He wants us to be able to cast out demons, heal the sick, set the captive free. He wants us to be able to do that, which is supernatural. It's not natural, but he desires for us to do it. Matter of fact, God so desires for us to leave the natural and enter into the supernatural that he has constructed for us a bridge so that we can do exactly that. And you know, when you, when you think about a bridge, what you think about is how a bridge connects two bodies of land, right? It connects two bodies of land that are separated by some kind of, of obstacle. And obviously those obstacles all vary depending on where you are in, in the world and what bodies of land you're wanting to connect. Some of them have a river in between both bodies and it needs a bridge to get across. Others have a lake, others have the ocean. Some have big valleys and deep gorges and they need a bridge to connect one body of land to the other body of land. And it doesn't much matter what the obstacle is. The point is that the bridge is the thing that is constructed to connect these two pieces of land, no matter what the obstacle is. And so a bridge plays a vital role in connecting those two bodies of land, right? And without the bridge, there would be no way for us to travel back and forth between those two bodies of land. It would be impossible. But with the bridge, with it, you and I can travel freely to either body of land. And you know, the obstacle that once kept us from traveling from one place to the other place is now completely irrelevant, doesn't even matter. We cross bridges and don't even look why it's got a bridge there, we don't even care, it don't matter, I wanna go there, I can go there now, I don't give a rip what once was blocking me from that place, right? And see, this is what God has done for us. God has constructed for us a bridge so that we can travel from the natural to the supernatural. And the bridge is called faith. Faith is the bridge that connects us from the natural so that we can travel from the natural into the supernatural. It's, it's faith. And you know what I find a lot of times is the, the obstacle that tries to keep us from entering the supernatural is the obstacle of unbelief, unbelief. And I'm telling you, man, unbelief is a beast. It's an absolute beast. Unbelief will keep us from ever experiencing the miracles of God. Unbelief will keep us from our healing. 
Unbelief will keep us. It will keep us from being set free. It'll keep us from our breakthrough. Unbelief will, will be the thing that can keep us from seeing God do all these incredible things in and through our lives. It will keep us from advancing and increasing in our, our faith. And so what God did is he constructed for us a bridge called faith. And the bridge is meant to make the obstacle of unbelief completely obsolete. Completely obsolete. Believing something is so, even though it isn't so, so that it will become so simply because God said so. See, if a doctor's report is the obstacle, guess what? You have a bridge called faith. If what the doctor said, this or that, just like Karen's testament, well, but I have faith, I, I, I believe. And again, it'll be revealed. There'll be evidence to the healing. If it's the marriage counselor telling you, yeah, your, your marriage is too much hurt, too much trauma, there's too much there. Like you should just, well, well guess what? You have a bridge called faith <laughs> that, that will supersede that, that counselor's report. If the drug and alcohol counselor, just like me, he told me, he said, there, there's no way you'll ever get free from this. Only 1% of people ever get free from heroin addiction. Well, guess what? I had faith. See, faith superseded the obstacle of unbelief. It superseded that drug and alcohol counselors report on me because God has constructed for us a bridge, the bridge of faith. And it's meant to take us from where we are to where he is. That's what the bridge of faith is meant to do. Take us from the natural to supernatural, to take us from where we are to where he is. The apostle Paul would say it this way, faith is meant to seat us in heavenly places where Christ is seated. That's where he desires for us to be seated with him. So he gave us a bridge called faith. And man, if, if you and I could get on this, this bridge of faith, if we could stay on the bridge of faith, the Bible says there'll be nothing that is impossible for us who believe. Nothing will be impossible for those of us who believe. This is why faith, faith is a, a must for us. And today I, I wanna just talk to you really quickly about what cancels faith. I wanna talk to you about what cancels faith. And so yeah, look, yes, unbelief's an obstacle to faith, but there's, there's something else that will completely cancel our faith. There's something else that will actually blow up the bridge, using the bridge metaphor, right? It'll blow the bridge of faith sky high, quicker than anything else in this, this life will. Now, if I, if I asked all of you to, to think about what you would, would say cancels faith, okay, and I don't want you to shout it out, it's kind of rhetorical, but actually think about it. Don't also check out, look at me like I'm not saying anything. Like, actually think, like, okay, get your brains working. Okay, what would I say cancels faith? And, and I'm sure if I went around the room and had you guys say it, I won't do that. But if I did, I bet you I'd get a bunch of different answers probably. There would be several different answers. But if I had to bet money, which Hear me, I'm way too holy to bet money, okay? So, um, it's not true, but I've been known to and lose on the golf course. But um, if I had to bet money, if I had to, I'll bet you the overwhelming majority or the most things said would be fear. 
I, I, I would say for, let's say whatever, right? There would be more people that would think that fear cancels faith more than anything, more than anything else, which by the way, makes, makes sense, right? Because fear, fear is not a terrible answer because fear is a terrible thing. Matter of fact, the Bible says God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind, right? So fear is awful. And, and I have to be honest with you, I, I used to think that fear was the thing that canceled faith. I thought the same thing. Surely it has to be, it has to be fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Until a couple months ago, I was praying and I was searching the heart of the Lord on this. And I was talking to him because here we were as a church, right? We were in a series titled Faith, back in it now. But back then we were in a series. And and I was asking God, I was saying, God, you know, I want to know what cancels faith. And God was giving us all this incredible revelation about faith. He was showing us. And, and I was telling him, I was like, God, you're so good. I'm so grateful for all the things you're sharing with us about faith. But Lord, I want to know what cancels faith. You're telling us about all these things that build faith. So tell me what cancels faith. Tell me what us, all of us, have to guard ourselves against, oh God in order to not destroy our faith. And the Lord said very clearly to me, he said, pride. Pride is the one thing that will cancel our faith. Now, fear is an obstacle. Hear me, it's an obstacle to faith. Sure it is. Just like unbelief is an obstacle to faith. But pride will bring the cancellation of our faith. You know, the Bible tells us in James chapter four and in 1 Peter chapter five, God what? He opposes the proud. He resists the proud, but he exalts the humble. There is no possible way for you and I to walk by faith if the author and perfecter of our faith is opposing us. There's no way for us to operate in faith if faith himself is directly fighting against us, it's impossible to do. You know, I hear people say things to me like, in, or on Facebook too, they post stuff like, God's fighting for every single one of us, which is just not true, by the way. It sounds really good, sounds really nice, but just because something sounds good and sounds nice doesn't make it true, because that's not what the Bible actually teaches us. The, the Bible teaches something different. Now, is God pursuing? Yes, but he's fighting for those who are humbly before him. <laughs> he's protecting those who are humbly laid down before him. See, the Bible says that God hates a prideful person. He hates a prideful person. The Bible says that he will tear down the houses of the proud, that he resists a prideful heart. See, if we're a prideful people, we can't be right with God. We can't be right with God. Because listen to me, pride is at the root of every single sin. It's at the root of every sin. So it's the main thing that will cancel our faith in him. Not fear, not unbelief. And I could go on a long tangent showing you and proving you that fear doesn't cancel faith. I can prove all that. Look at Gideon's story. Gideon was afraid. God said, if you're afraid, go down. I'll give you a word to strengthen you, right? To help your faith in order to take this, this battle. But, but pride will cancel faith. 
And if you think about pride, then you gotta think about in the scriptures, right? You gotta think about how Satan, Satan was kicked out of heaven for pride, right? This is found in Isaiah chapter 14. It tells us that he thought to himself, the enemy thought to himself at the time, morning star, right? He was an angelic being, a seraphim. He's there. He thought to himself, it said, I will become like God. Pride entered his life. He said, I want to exalt myself above God. So he he allows pride to come into his life and God kicks him out of heaven for it and banishes him to the earth. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, for doing that for us. I appreciate that. Like, (laughs) you could have put him somewhere else. (laughs) But as he kicked him out of heaven, he took a third of the angels with him, right? If you know the story, you know the story. I don't have time to go into all that, but those third of the angels were trying to help Lucifer take over the heavens. And after that happened, right, the Bible then goes back and the timeline we're not sure of how many years it was, but when God kicked the enemy out of heaven down to the earth, did Adam and Eve get created? We just know that happened and then Adam and Eve was created. And now Adam and Eve, they're on the earth. God says to them in the garden of Eden, you can eat from anything in this garden. It's all good. Eat from all of it, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you do, you will surely die. What does Satan do? He comes to them and he begins to tempt them in the form of a serpent. He says, did God really say, did he actually say you would surely die because you're not going to die? No, 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 no. You'll become like him. What's the enemy doing? He's playing on their, on their pride. He's playing on their pride. And of course, I would say most of us know how the story goes, right? Eve buys into the lie, gives into pride, takes a bite of the, out of the tree, gives it to her husband, Adam. He takes a bite of it. And what this actually revealed was this, that they, they longed to, to be a god, more than they desire to fellowship with God because they already had that. They walked with God in the coolness of the day, but they longed to be God. Why? Because of, because of pride. And at that time, the, the, the sin of pride entered all mankind. And because pride was at the root of the first sin, it's the root of every sin thereafter. It's the root of every sin. So it's the very thing that will cancel our faith in him. That's what pride will do. Why? why? Why does pride do that? Because pride is all about I. <clears throat> I want this. I want that. I desire this. I desire that. I'm affected by this and how this affects me by that, right? Like it's all about I, I, I. And see, God says that our life has to be all about him, 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 not I, 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 I. But that's what pride does, makes it all about I. And and here's the thing about pride. Every single last one of us deal with pride. Every single last one of us have to fight against pride, guard ourselves against pride. And yet we have a really difficult time recognizing pride in ourselves. I'm telling you, it's so funny. I heard a pastor one time say it this way. He said, pride is like bad breath. You don't realize you have it, but everyone around you, <laughs> they know you have it. Like you know what I'm saying? 
I was like, that's really good. That's funny. Isn't that true? I mean, we can even do, and it don't work. Hey, oh yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you talk to somebody, no, you're not. You know what I mean? like, that's why I got your men's back there. Amen. Pride, I'm telling you, man, pride can be such a difficult thing for us to recognize in ourselves, but it's the most important thing that we have to recognize in ourselves. We have to recognize it, church. And, and look, let me just help you with this really quickly. Like if right now you're thinking to yourself right now, boy, I wish so-and-so was in this service to hear this message. <laughs> like you pull out your phone and you tag them in Facebook. You're like, this is definitely for them. You have an issue with pride. Like, it, We'll just, we'll iron it out right now. But we all do. We all have an issue with pride. Listen, I know for a fact this message was for me first when God gave it to me months ago. It was for me first and then he never released me to preach it until now. And hopefully it just helps some of us to recognize it and to say, man, God, help me to fight against it because I do not want you to oppose me. I need you to be for me. I need you to be with me. I, I need you to exalt me. I need your grace upon me. And so I can't have pride infiltrate my life. Pride is something that we have to fight hard against. And the Bible warns us, right? The Bible says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. But here's the thing I think about pride is most of us don't look at pride like it's that big of a deal. Like I think a lot of people, if you ask them if pride is really all that bad, they could name off 30 things they think is worse than pride, like lust and addiction and you know, all these other things, right? Stealing, lying, cheating, murdering, all those things. We, we, we would say those things are worse, but, but God says something different. Proverbs chapter 16, the Bible says, the prideful heart is an abomination to God. It's an abomination to the God we serve. Pride is so disgusting to God, it repulses God. Because pride will cancel our faith. This is why he's so set against it. You know, in the book of, of Daniel, right, we find this king named Nebuchadnezzar, okay? And King Nebuchadnezzar has this amazing kingdom. It's the greatest kingdom the world has ever known at that time and one of the greatest now that the world's ever known up to this point in time. It was, it was very powerful. It was very wealthy. It was very vast, this Babylonian kingdom. And in Daniel chapter five, starting in verse 20, this is what the Bible says, but when his heart, and I'm almost done, don't check out on me, but when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped from his glory. He was also driven away from all mankind. And his heart was made like that of beasts and his dwelling place was with the wild donkeys of the field. He was given grass to eat like cattle and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he recognized that the most high God is the ruler over the realms of men and that he alone sets over it whom he wishes. Nebuchadnezzar was this great king who built this great kingdom. But the moment pride entered his heart, 
not only did God strip him of all of his glory and depose him from his throne, he sent him to live in the fields with the wild beasts. Now think about that. Until he came to his senses and said, oh, wait a minute. No, no. God is the only one exalted, not me. And listen, it took him seven years, by the way, just a side note, seven years to come to the realization that God is great. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says this during those seven years, his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Like this dude was the greatest king the world had ever known. And now he's out in the field because pride entered his life. This is how detestable pride is to God. And this is why you and I can't allow pride to run rampant in our lives and in our hearts. And that's what we read earlier in the prophet Isaiah. He warned us. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 12 and 17. He says, for the day the Lord, for the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is proud and lofty and against everyone who is lifted up that he may be humbled. The pride of man will be humbled and the loftiness of men will be brought low and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. What cancels faith? Pride will cancel faith. Because pride says we can do it without God. We can do it. We got it. We got the answer. We know how to handle this. We, we know how to take care of this thing. We don't really need you in that area, God. We, we, we got it. That, that's, that's a form of pride. Pride says, eh, we're good. We have this all together. It makes it all about I, but God says we got to make it all about the I am. God says we got to make our lives all about all about him. And look, there's a lot more I could have said on pride. I had a ton of stuff to say, but felt like the Lord said, no, I want you to, to stop it. Stop it right there. Cause I really believe that the Lord wants to minister to us today. And I'm at the worship team come and they're going to, they're going to sing a song. We're going to, we're going to open the altars uh, this morning for, for a little bit. And I'm believing by faith because I believe God said it that today he's going to release us from this prideful arrogant spirit that tries to get upon us, that he's going to deliver us some of our hearts from the pride that's, that's in our lives. Because hear me, this is why it's so important, so important. Pride will keep us from traveling from the natural to the supernatural. There are so many people that I've, I've talked to over the years, and because they're, they're prideful, they don't experience the Holy Spirit in the way the Holy Spirit wants to pour out in their life because of pride because pride cancels faith. And, and here's the, 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 beautiful, the beautiful thing about everything I just said. Although yes, pride is detestable to God. Repentance is beautiful and powerful and it's from God. We see that in the life of Peter, by the way. In the life of Peter, we see this very prideful man. He was a very prideful, prideful man. So prideful that it caused him to deny Christ three times. He denied him three times times. And you would think that that would get him completely off the guest list, right? Like, but no, it didn't. Because the moment he repented, the moment he returned, God strengthened him, delivered him from pride, and then used that man, that natural man to bring the supernatural to this earth. To the point to where even his shadow as he walked by people would heal people. This is how much he walked with God the Holy Spirit filled him in powerful ways. 
because he was able to allow God to rid himself of pride. And so today, man, I'm believing God to do that in us and for us today. And so they're gonna, they're gonna sing the same God because I want you to be reminded it's the same God who did it for Peter then who will do it for us now. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't want anything to keep me from traveling to the supernatural. I want to be continually be reborn by the Spirit of God so that the Spirit of God has full reign in my life. And so if you can go ahead and stand to your feet, please. I'm believing today the Lord really wants to take us, start us off on this new journey of faith in this series, ridding ourselves of what cancels faith so that He can take us from faith to faith, from revelation to revelation. Take us from the natural to the supernatural. And I'm believing he's gonna do that today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, Father, Lord, you see our hearts, Lord. You see the things in our lives. You see where we have pride in our lives. And I pray right now by the Spirit, you begin to reveal that to each and every one of us right here today. And Lord, help us, strengthen us to bring it to you and lay it down at your feet. Lord, I pray as we do that today, that God, your spirit would come in an overwhelming and powerful way, filling our lives to the point of overflowing. I pray, Lord, you would rid pride from us right here.